Fantastic. Thank you, Christine. Really, really appreciate it. Fantastic sharing. If any of the rest of you uh, have not had the opportunity to share and you would like to, please feel free to contact me and let me know that. And uh, I'll be glad to cons- I'm not promising anything, but I'll consider that prayerfully the opportunity for you to share as well. So we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 12 today. If you have your Bible, we'll get there in a few minutes. If you don't have your Bible, we'll be able to put, I believe, the scriptures on the screen. I think we're going to have fun today. Today may very well be the most unique worship service that you've ever been to. So I'm just getting you excited about that. A lot of us understand that it is so powerful when you get a group of people together to come to a live event like a sporting event or like a concert. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it's very exciting because I think we need to, there's, there's a reason that we pay the money and make the effort to go to the, the concert. I mean, we could listen to the music, we can download it and listen to it on our phone. Uh, we can watch the football game on our phone. Uh, you can, don't have to go, but there's something special about being there, isn't it? There's something ex- special about bringing a group of people together. And the more people you bring together, the more powerful it is. And they have this sort of common passion, which might be their football team or their baseball team or their hockey team, Go Kings Go. Uh, it may be the, the, the band that's giving the concert, and they have this, and then it just, and you just celebrate together what you enjoy. Now, if it's a game and your team doesn't do well, then the celebration is somewhat muted. But Michigan's 3-0, and right, Marlon? So we're excited about that. Uh, Tennessee is also 3-0, and even though not so impressively. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. But there's just something about getting together, right? You guys all know what I'm talking about. I'm going to the Dodgers game Wednesday night, Lord willing. Big series with the Giants coming up. Very excited about finishing off the Giants. I'm sorry if you love the Giants. I can't stand the Giants. So, you know, I'm a Dodgers fan. Anyway, here's the thing, is whether you understand it or not, and Nehemiah 12 is a great illustration, every time we come together as a church, we have the same opportunity to experience that kind of wonderful, joyful celebration that people have when they go to the football game or when they go to the concert. And I want to help you to understand and take advantage of that today. I hope it will encourage you in that. I want to show you a couple of illustrations. Can you put the first video up there, Dave? Don't play it until I mention it. I said don't play it, Dave. It's okay, Dave. It's okay.
Test. So the problem, I've been told, was the battery. The battery failed. It was not Richard's problem. In fact, Richard saved the day. Richard, Richard Alexander. So in case you didn't appreciate the, t- I'm going to show you a little concert clip that I got off YouTube. This is uh, a, about a one-minute concert. This is a Bruno Mars concert. And uh, no, I didn't go to that one, but I would have. I was willing. You didn't. You didn't get me a ticket. He was. He was here last year, right? In L.A. Big concert. You don't know. You don't listen to Bruno Mars. Are you telling the truth? Okay, go ahead. And so one of the things about concerts is great because you get all these people that love an artist and they know the song. So they, it's a big sing-along, right? So this is a Bruno Mars clip. Awesome, huh? Makes you uh, wish you were there. It's a great song and it's a great experience. And I'm sure we've all experienced that one way or another at some time in our life. But again, what if we decided to make that the experience that we had every Sunday when we came here to worship? You know, just recently we had the Reach Conference in St. Louis. And for those of you who went to go, everybody who went would tell you that there were many highlights and there were great messages. But the thing that stood out about all is 18,000 people getting together, singing with the same passion, singing the same song and about God. And it just, every time I've had that experience a few times, just brings tears to my eyes. You know, recently we had the Elevate concert. I wasn't able to be here because Kevin scheduled it during a time when I was out of town. But... What I heard was that it was even better than the year before, which I was there, and the place was packed, and people were singing, and it was just a special moment. Why? Because, not just because there was a great performance going on on stage, but because everybody was involved. And so, what an opportunity we have each and every Sunday to come together to celebrate God, to celebrate something even more important than a football game or a concert. And here's the good news. More than likely, if you come and celebrate God at church, it's not going to cost you as much as the football game. It's not going to take you as much time and hassle to get there. And probably nobody's going to spill beer on you. I mean, we're, we're hopeful anyway. I mean, there's a good possibility. So in Nehemiah chapter 12, I want to read this. It's great because there's a big celebration here. And if you've been following our story, if you haven't, I'll just summarize it for you. The Nehemiah, story of Nehemiah took place, story of God's people, the Jewish people, about 2,500 years ago 
The people are in bad shape. The walls of Jerusalem have been down for 150 years. The people are not doing great in any way, uh, physically, emotionally, and certainly not spiritually. And this guy, Nehemiah, comes, and he has a dream, and he's going to lead the people, and they're going to rebuild the city. And they do. They rebuild the wall. That's the first six chapters of Nehemiah. But what happens after that is even more important because of the faith that they began with there and the vision that they were getting Now they do what the really important work is there's a restoration, there's a revival, there's a spiritual revival of the people. It's fantastic. They start paying attention to the word of God again. They start confessing their sin. They start repenting of sin. They start stretching their faith. And we've had lessons on all this. And then they get to chapter 12. And this is the, uh, and really in many ways, this is the pinnacle. This is the, the climax. This is the ultimate moment the crowning point of the whole story, and that is the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. And so we'll just read the story, and I want you to notice, again, what a great celebration this is, but what, how important it is, the music and the singing part of it. I want you to understand this, because this is not just here. This is all through the Bible. And when we come together, perhaps as powerful as anything that can happen here is when we have a group of people who come together to celebrate in song with music and celebrate God together. And it's a pretentious opportunity that we have. Let's read beginning in verse 27. I'm going to skip a little bit through here, but hopefully you'll be able to follow along. Chapter 12, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers were also brought together from the region around Jerusalem, and it mentions all the villages there. And it says, For the singers had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. So I don't know if you knew that, Kevin, but they evidently had a little commune that just the singles, the singers, I guess that made it easier to rehearse, right? They were all living there and they were all together there. It says in verse 30, when the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I had the leaders of Judah go up on top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on the top of the wall to the right toward the dung gate. And so, I don't know if you knew this, but this wall that had been built was anywhere from 12 to 20 feet wide. And so it could handle... You know, several people. This is what tells you again what it wasn't a small job to rebuild this wall, right? But they get, they say, okay, we're going to get these choirs up there and we're going to start on one section of the wall. And so they sent half of them off in one direction and the wall makes a circle around the city. And they started on the west side of the wall of Jerusalem and the temple was on the east side. And the half of them went one way and half of them went the other way and they met at the temple for worship. That's what we're going to read here. Okay, so the one group starts out. To the right, and then we'll skip down to uh, verse 37. At the fountain gate, they continued directly up the steps of the city of David on the ascent to the wall and passed above the house of David uh, to the water gate on the east. The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall. This is Nehemiah talking about himself, together with half the people. So in other words, it wasn't just the singers and the choir, but... Not everybody probably could fit on the wall, but everybody was going around one way or the other together 
as they were celebrating God and what God had done in the rebuilding of the wall of Nehemiah. Okay, what am I doing? Where did I read last? Verse 36. Verse 38. So they... The second choir proceeded in the opposite direction. I followed them on top of the wall together with half the people, past the different gates. In verse 40, the two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. So did I, together with half the officials as well as the priests. So they all met at the temple, the house of God. The choir sang under the direction of Jezrahiah Kevin Kawai. That's what it says in my Bible. But anyway, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. We'll stop there. Can you imagine this scene? They had prepared. They had planned the choir had, you know, the people that had the gifts of singing and the gifts of playing musical instruments had practiced and rehearsed and they had orchestrated this whole thing and they got everybody out and it was just this giant celebration and the people were so happy because of what God had done in rebuilding the wall and what God had done, maybe even more importantly, in their own spiritual life and the revival that had taken place and they were so excited and so grateful to God and they sang and it was so loud they could hear them way outside the city of Jerusalem. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Reminds me of that scene from the uh, stadium there in Knoxville, Tennessee, or from that concert, the Bruno Mars thing. When you read this text, and we didn't have time to read it all, in this celebration that takes place, singing is mentioned eight times, thanksgiving is mentioned six times, rejoicing or joy is mentioned seven times, and musical instruments are mentioned three times. And this is not the only place in the Bible you find that. Every Sunday, every song service that we have is an opportunity to celebrate God together. And it's a big deal. Many of you who are a member of our church, do you remember the first time you came? And you remember what... You noticed the first time you came. And if you're like me, and I'm sure all of you, if not most of you, if not all of you, are the same way as me, the thing I noticed that was different from any other church I've ever been to was the singing. It was the music. Because it was loud. And people were singing with their hearts and singing with passion. And, and it, you know, they, didn't, they seemed really excited about being there. And I noted that. And there were other things about the service that were different that inspired me, but the music and the song service was a big part of it. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. I want to read a couple of psalms that I believe will hopefully encourage you about your singing. First of all, turn over to Psalm 100. And Dave, I believe, will put these up on the screen if, I don't, if you don't have an opportunity to... So, so there's many psalms like this, but Psalm 100, you got that one up, Dave? Yes, you do. It says in verse 1, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. 
Come before Him with joyful songs. Shout for joy to the Lord, it says in verse 1. You know, a lot of us maybe remember, and we started our sort of Christian journey when the only Bible we had was the King James Version. Some of you remember that? Or is it just me and Tom McCurry? Anyway, there was a King James Version, but in the King James Version, you know what it says in there? It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. See, this is why I want to encourage you. This is the good news. What God is mostly concerned about is not whether you're a good singer or not, but whether you're loud or not. And whether you're joyful or not. And I remember coming to church and having this pointed out to me. God is not so much concerned about whether you're a good singer, even though you should try to be as good as you possibly can. But, you know, I've never been a good singer. You just heard me do a little bit of Rocky Top a few minutes ago, and, you know, I did not get a standing ovation, and nobody was inspired. But it doesn't matter if you shout, if you put yourself into it, and you give yourself to it, and you're singing with joy. That's all God wants. And, you know, that's what I loved about our church when I first came here, is it was so loud that I could sing as loud as I wanted to, and it didn't disturb anybody else. Right? I mean, you know, because it's hard to sing loud if you feel like, you know, you know, the people that I'm sitting next to all just moved away, and they, they got up and left, and they never came back to church again. And now my wife even won't come back to church with me. And You know, but when everybody's singing that way, the good news is it drowns out those of us who can't sing. That's a blessing, right? Shout for joy to the Lord. You don't have to be good. You just have to be loud. Now, another scripture that I think will encourage you, Psalm 69. Turn over there. Still in the book of Psalms, or you can read it on the screen. Now, this was a new discovery. As I was studying for this, I've been studying for this lesson over the last couple of weeks. And I came across this scripture in one of my studies, one of the books I was studying, that I had never seen before. That's actually fairly rare. Now, I know I've read it before because I've read the whole Bible through several times, but you know how sometimes you read through it and you don't notice things. Look at this, what it says in Psalm 69. See if it encourages you as much as it encourages me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Now, here's the part. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull, with its horns and hoofs. You realize what it's saying there? The people of God were commanded in the Old Testament. And we in a different way are commanded today to bring sacrifices to God. And so in those days they would bring their, their bull or their ox and it would be sacrificed before God. It would be an evidence of, of their you know, wanting to give something to God and wanting to please God and, and all that and he said, even in the Old Testament, even in those times, the thing that is more pleasing and more powerful than any sacrifice that we make is when we praise God in song and give glory to Him. Wow, think about that. When you come to church and you make a decision 
that you're going to participate in this celebration. And then you're going to, there's a reason we put the words on the screen. And then you're going to sing, and we've got the band, and we've got the musical instruments, and we've got the choir, just like they had in those days. But you decide whether you're going to be a spectator or a participant. And when you're a participant, and when you're singing, first of all, God knows. God knows whether you're singing or not. Over and over in Nehemiah, the first part of chapter 12, there's a list of names of people who did seemingly insignificant things. And insignificant things. And the story of the Bible is that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, whether you're here or somewhere else this morning, God knows what's going on. And God sees and God knows. And when God, if you sing with praise, you sing to God, that is more pleasing to God and he's happier about that. It's more significant than your sacrifices. More than all the money you may or may not give. More than all the time that you may or may not sacrifice. More than all the energy that you may or may not give to God. There is a great opportunity every Sunday to be encouraged, to celebrate, to be personally built up, but to please God. And that comes when we decide to participate in the worship, in the singing of praises to God. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. Don't let the trained singers and musicians keep you from being a part of the worship service. Is that right, Kevin? It's great that we have these people up here. And you know why they're up here and you're not? Because they have talent and you don't. And they can play. And they can sing. But it's not the idea is that you sit there sort of barely mouthing the words. I look around every Sunday. Can I be honest? I look around every Sunday, and there are people who are not engaged. What do you see when you're up here, Kevin? People who don't sing? You're just throwing away a tremendous opportunity to be blessed by God, to please God. It's more powerful. It's more significant even than your sacrifices. You know, one of the things that sets Christianity apart from other religions, there are many things, right? I don't know if you ever thought about it. One of them is that we sing. You know, the other world religions, think about them. Some of them have chants, which are not all that exciting. A lot of them song and worse, because you know why? We have something to celebrate. We have something real. That's what's going on here when we come here. That's why we sing. God's people have always been people who sang. And who sang with joy and who sang loud. Because they have something in their hearts. If you don't sing, and if you don't participate, it probably says something about where you are in your relationship with God. It's not the only thing, but it says something. You know, what if every Sunday, I know that when you come in here on Sundays frequently, you don't feel good. And I know when you come in here on Sundays, some of you, your football team lost on Saturday. And some of you know your football team's going to lose today. You're an NFL guy. And some of you had a hard week. 
And some of you got health problems. And some of you got job problems. And I don't want to minimize any of those problems. But you have a choice when you come in here to be into yourself and think about yourself and make it about you or to forget about for a moment and take an opportunity to focus and celebrate who God is and what God is doing and what God can do and what God will do in your life no matter what else is going on outside of here. That's why I love to go to the baseball game. I love to go to see the Dodgers win. You know, I never leave the Dodgers game early. You know why? Because if you stay to the end and the early. If they're winning, I don't care how much they're winning by, I'm staying to the end. You know why? Because I want to have that experience. I want to have a few moments to be able to sort of escape the world that I live in and forget about it and have some joy and some communion and experience something with some other people who are like-minded. The Dodgers don't always win, but Jesus wins every game. God wins every game. We have this opportunity every single Sunday. Let's make it about God. So we're going to do something a little bit different. And I just want to mention this morning, I appreciate Mary Kay. She's not feeling well this morning. She's had basically bronchitis. Now, I know none of you will want to talk to her after church now. It's not contagious. She wants you to know that. But she's ill, and I, I you know, she's been pretty ill. And I asked her this morning, and... And she didn't even know what the sermon was about. She didn't even know what I was preaching about. I usually, you know, want to surprise her. So she told I said this morning, I said, you sure you want to go because you don't feel good and you've been sick? No, I've got, I've got to go. What am I going to do, sit at home and think about how bad I feel? You know, I want to be there. And then she leaned over me today during the song service and said, see, this is why I came. This is why I came, because I had a chance to come and worship God and have my heart lifted and to take my mind off myself for a few moments and join with people that I love and praise God together. So we're going to do something right now. I'm going to give us a chance. Uh, we're going to, I try to make my messages practical. So I'm going to ask the singers to come back on stage. And we're going to sing the song that we sang first this morning. Who remembers what the song was? Rock of Ages. Come on up, singers, musicians. We're going to sing Rock of Ages one more time. And in the spirit of this lesson, I want you to consider, first of all, the words of the song are going to be on the screen. It's going to help you a lot if you pay attention to the words. Right? Have you ever had a song that you liked and you just liked the tune, but... You thought you knew the words, but you really didn't. I remember it was shocking for me. I love the, the Rolling Stones song, Gimme Shelter. And I thought for, all, for many years the chorus was just a shout away. And it was just a shot away. Changed the whole meaning of the song once I understood the words. But anyway, the words are important. God wants you to sing with joy and understanding. He wants you to praise God. And uh, I would like to... Consider, I would like you to consider the singing as loud as you can with all the joy that you have in your heart and sell, as we celebrate God together. Rock of Ages. Amen. Let's stand on up. 
And let's have some fun. These are awesome lyrics that we're singing this morning. Here we go. Oh, mighty rock, oh, living stone, my God, who lives upon the throne. You never change, you never die, oh, you, my God, I can rely, oh, rock of ages, Reaching down to set my feet on solid ground, O oh, rock of ages, live forever, O oh, rock of ages, mighty God, when all I had was shame and need, you came to earth to love and bleed, the holy rock was cleft for me. I drink of life. My soul is free. Oh, rock of ages. Live forever. Oh, rock of ages. Mighty God, if kingdoms rise or turn to sand, my life is safe within your hand. If all I know Goes up in flame, your love for me is still the same. Oh, rock of ages, live forever. Oh, rock of ages, mighty God. This earthly tent, this house of clay will fade. The dust and blow away, the lights will dim. I leave the stage and fly to where I'll never race. Oh, rock of ages, live forever. Oh, rock of ages. Come on. Mighty God, oh, rock of ages, live Let's, uh, let's have a prayer to close out. Great to be here today. Great to be with you. And I hope that as we go forward here, that you'll make a decision. Every Sunday that you come in, from the very first song, your focus will be on celebrating God. And you'll realize the opportunity you have to make a difference, to understand how God feels, to understand what you can do to help your neighbor. 
quick announcement for everyone in the room. Just a quick announcement. So next Sunday, we're having a pizza lunch fundraiser right after church. It's our big regional service next Sunday, so the uh, San Gabriel ministry will also be here. So for $6, you get a slice of pizza, you get Caesar salad and a bottle of water. $6, pizza lunch fundraiser next Sunday in the courtyard. Thank you.